Jesus greater than the angels. Hebrews, uh, the first chapter, as we read that scripture, as we uh, talked about the book of Hebrews, uh, has a lot of comparisons with Jesus and, uh, and other uh, created beings. Jesus greater than the angels. Jesus, a comparison against the angels. If you read Hebrews, the rest of the chapter uh, of Hebrews, you'll see a couple of different things. Number one, the first half of the book, or excuse me, of the, the chapter, Hebrews chapter one, is a comparison of Jesus and angels. And the second half of Hebrews chapter one is really a concordance. A concordance is, a, is an exhaustive list. It's not a complete concordance, but a list of where angels are listed and a few articles, uh, a few verses about angels and their importance. Why? Why is Jesus here being compared to angels? We, on this side of this writing, we know that Jesus was not an angel. But keep in mind that the book of Hebrews was written to an audience that had so many questions about Jesus. So many unanswered questions about who exactly he was and what was the full extent of his power and what exactly of his characteristics made him the savior of the world, made him Messiah. After all, as I said, it's written primarily to uh, Jewish converts to Jesus. And so Paul's uh, idea was to, to really help them understand that Jesus fit, that Jesus was who he said he was, and how he said that he would uh, lay down his life, make the ultimate sacrifice. How could he do that? How could he do that? And why is it important to do that? Well, in the further chapters of Hebrews, we'll get into that. But today's focus is Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than the angels. Greater than the angels. So this morning, I want to look at two different things. Number, first, number one, first of all, how does God speak? And how does God, how has God spoken in the past? And how does God speak today? And secondly, who is Jesus if we look at Hebrews chapter 1? That might be a pretty, uh, uh, you might think, well, we know who Jesus is. We know who Jesus is. Well, keep in mind, this is written to an audience that has a lot of different questions about Jesus. And they might have formed a, just a picture of Jesus in their own mind, taking bits and pieces from here and there about Jesus and coming up to their own conclusion about who Jesus is, their own version of Jesus. I want us to look at the Bible when we're talking about who is Jesus because maybe we're guilty of that. Maybe we've made just a version of Jesus that we're comfortable with. And I want us to look at who, what does the Bible say about Jesus? Who is Jesus as described through the book of Hebrews? That's what I want us to look at today. 
So that first, uh, first item, how God speaks. And speaks here is, a, a, if we're looking at, at verse 1 right off the bat, it says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. God spoke through the prophets in many different times and in many different ways. Something very interesting about the word speak. What does speak mean? Speak means he revealed his mind, he revealed his thoughts, and he demonstrated, he disclosed his thoughts, and he declared his mind. Declared his mind. He declared exactly what was on his mind, and he declared his thoughts. He spoke through prophets. And in the past, this, this word in Greek, in, in various ways and many times, has the essence of in bite-sized portions. In other words, in little nuggets, God spoke through the prophets in the past. As if building stone by stone a little wall, uh, stone by stone a little bridge to us, stone by stone, in little nuggets and bite-sized pieces, a great message to us. So in many different ways, at many different times and in various ways, God spoke through prophets. Well, we uh, are, are not too far removed from Christmas and the Advent season, and one of the the, the themes of our Advent preaching had been the use of angels to share great messages. How many angels can you remember from the Christmas story? We have the angel that visited Mary. We have the angels that visited Joseph. We have the angels that visited the shepherds. We have the angels that warned Mary and Joseph that their baby was in trouble, their, their toddler was in trouble, they needed to get out of town. So angels commonly came and shared messages. So God spoke through prophets in bits and pieces, building that message to us about who he was, declaring his mind, declaring his thoughts for us. He spoke in nuggets. And he spoke in angels when he needed a message conveyed then and now. And now Paul is saying here that, the, that he's speaking in a different way. He says, now in the latter days, God speaks through his son, through his son Jesus. Jesus, not a bite-sized nugget, but Jesus, the full message. Jesus, the full enchilada, the gospel walking in human form. Jesus, the entire message. We get it. Paul says at the time of his writing, he, he had spoken through his son. So in other words, Jesus has a, is an important link in God reaching and telling us his mind and his heart. It's coming through his son, Jesus. The bridge was built so far, and Jesus 
made that bridge solid. Jesus made that way to be known, but where we could know the mind and the thoughts and the will and the peace and the love of God through his son, Jesus. Jesus made that possible. So how does God speak? In the past, he used prophets in bite-sized ways. He used angels to convey that message. And now here comes the Son of God to give us the entire message. The Son of God to give us the gospel, which means the good news. The gospel, which means the, the salvation of the world is here and now and ready. And it ha all has to be focused on Jesus, the message. In John's gospel, he opens this way. In the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and was God. The word of God, Jesus, another, uh, another name for Jesus, the word of God. The word of God. And now, now how does God speak to us? If we're talking about 2000. And 17, I almost said 2016. Have you guys been making that mistake too? Anybody written that? We don't write checks anymore, do we? Just maybe one or two a week. But Now in 2017, how does God speak to us? He speaks to us as Nahabel uh, sang that song, Word of God, speak. Speaks to us through our Bibles. We want to, want to know who Jesus is. We First, look at the word of God. Not our own versions, not talk to our neighbor. Well, what do you think? No, let's look first to the word of God. Let's look first at not what we think, but what God has shared in the sharing of his mind, in the declaring of his thoughts through inspired men and women in his word of God. Let's look first hear at who Jesus is and the speaking of his message towards us. And how else does God speak now? Through himself, the Holy Spirit, whispering messages, shouting messages, tapping us on our shoulder, reminding us in times of temptation that he's there, reminding us in times of when we need to repent that we need to repent. In times of, of danger, he brings peace. In times of loneliness, he brings his presence. The word of God is Jesus. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit with us. That's how God speaks today. Through his word and through his Holy Spirit. Friends, if today, 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 we want to know the mind of God. If today, 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 we want to know, God, what is your will for me now? Lord, I, I'm lost. I don't know what in the world you want from me. If we want to know the thoughts of God, if we want to really know what he thinks about us and who he says he is, we know if you want, want those answers, then know Jesus. Know the gospel. Hear the word of God. Read the word of God. Listen to the word of God. And hear the whispers and the shouts of God, the Holy Spirit. Pray.
and listen. You know, when we pray, sometimes we think we all have we have to do all of the talking. Sometimes it's sit, be still, and listen to the voice of God. In fact, I think that's when prayer is most effective, is when we stop talking and stop the, the stirring of our mind and just listen for the Holy Spirit. That's an effective prayer life. Yes, tell God what's on your mind and then be quiet and hear. Hear the answers to his prayers, the answer to your prayers. So the, the title of our sermon today, Jesus Greater Than the Angels, the Son Superior to the Angels. Why this comparison to the angels? Why, uh, why even discuss the angels? What Jesus is not an angel? Well, remember, the crowd is not sure exactly who Jesus is. Is he a great messenger sent by God? Is he a prophet? Is he an angel with a, with a very dynamic message? An angel telling us about God the Father. Telling us about the one true God. Is he an angel sent by God? Let's look at the, the duty, the office of, of being an angel. And to be an angel means that you are a servant of God. To be an angel, the angels were servants of God. The angels are servants of God. They are messengers of God. After all, we, you read in the, throughout the Bible, you'll see angels at work serving and bringing messages from God directly to, to us here on earth. Angels are also protectors and warriors of God. Uh, I mentioned it before. Those angels that we had at Christmas time, they're beautiful. But they're not quite the angels that are described in the Bible when we're talking about mighty gladiators. And, and, and when men and women saw angels, they fell flat on their faces, afraid for their lives of angels. Protectors, strong Warriors of God. Not that God needs protecting, but warriors of God. Angels, one of their jobs was to worship God. In Revelation, you'll read of angels circling the throne of God, singing, Holy, 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 tis the Lord God Almighty. And angels upon angels singing these praises constantly. Their only job is to, is to sing around the throne of God. Of God. One day we'll join them in singing at the throne of God. So the bottom line is that angels were created beings and are created beings in God's service. So then, how could you mistake Jesus for being an angel? After all, the the, the writer of Hebrews shares, Jesus is God. He is the Son of God. He is the heir of all things, according to, if we just read it right there. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, 
and through whom he made the universe. He's the heir of all things. He is the firstborn son of God, the only natural born son of God. Yes, you and I, we call ourselves children of God, but we are adopted children of God. We have been uh, invited to become children of God, joint heirs with Jesus through his blood. But Jesus is the only son of God, natural born. The wealth and the property of God, the incredible glory of God, falls also on his son. The responsibility of God also on his son. The same God, Jesus. Jesus, as it says here in that, in that verse that we just read, through whom he made the universe. Jesus is not a created being as the angels, but he is the creator, God himself. He is creator, not created. The Son, verse 3 says, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The Son is the radiance of God's glory. And God's glory here, and, and the radiance of God's glory, that's the highest adjective. There's no greater adjective. The, the greater. Jesus is greater. What's a better word than greater? There is no greater word than greater. And the glory of God is the highest glory of God. There is no greater glory of God. And Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. The greatest. And that idea of radiance means that it's, it's going out. That nothing is affecting it. It's going out. It's sending out. It's broadcasting. It's being shining out. And who is the exact representation of his being? The exact representation of God. My daughter Hannah loves art, and uh, she has uh, before made wooden blocks. And those wooden blocks are, uh, if you've ever uh, carved into wood, you, you know that you can see the grain of the wood and any mark that you make on that wood. When you want to make a print, you roll the ink onto that print onto that block of wood and then you press it onto the paper. And when you lift up that paper, you see every grain of wood. You see every imperfection, every divot in that piece of wood. Well, Jesus, that, that, uh, that metaphor right there gets lost. There is no imperfection. But in Jesus... We see the mind of God. We see the love of God. We see the fruit of God walking in the flesh. We see an exact representation of God because Jesus is God. No imperfections. No loss of signal. Jesus, full strength God, here on display for all of us. Exact representation of God. Goes on to say that he is 
the Son of God is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The sustainer, by his word, by his word, by his word, we have life. Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, the, the purifier, provide purification for sins. After he had done this, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, the purifier of the world by his sacrifice. Do you see this picture of Jesus coming into view? All these different uh, uh, things that Jesus is, the purifier the Son of God, the exact representation of God, the glory of God shining through, the purifier of the entire world, laying down his life as a sacrifice, and now sits at God's right hand. So Jesus, far superior to an angel. There is no comparison when you're comparing Jesus, the Son of God, to an angel. So let's keep proper perspective. Once was a man who was very down on his luck. And uh, he struggled with many things. Eventually left homeless, burned every bridge in his family, had no place else to go, walking the streets. It was getting cold, and he passed this church. And as he passed this church, it was it was uh, well after well after dark. Everybody had gone home from this church. There was a light on, and as this man passed, he there was a knock on the door, and the janitor had unlocked the door and wanted to stop the man that was so down on his luck. And he said, come in here. It's, it's so cold outside. Come on, come on in here. If you, if you don't have a place to go, come, come in here. As the man came in, he said, here, take your, take your coat off. Let me, uh, it, where are you headed? And as the man just shared his story, he shared about uh, how he had no place to go. So he poured him a cup of coffee, and as the man enjoyed his coffee and sat just for a moment in a nice warm building. The janitor scooted off and he got a cup of soup. From the microwave, he carried this cup of soup with this uh, hot towel, you know, so he wouldn't burn himself. He sat it at the man's, man's table. He said, please, uh, you know, eat, eat this cup of soup, drink this coffee. Man said, "Man, you're you're really nice. I appreciate that. Thank you. What's your name?" The janitor's name was Joe. Joe said, "Well, if you don't have a place to go, I there's there's not a lot of places open tonight. But I tell you, I, you can stay here at the church. And we have some blankets, we have some pillows, and uh, I'd love just to have you stay here." And as the men began to just share their stories with each other. This man ultimately was just overcome by emotion. He said, thank you, Joe. 
Nobody has shown me this kind of kindness, this kind of compassion. It's been a long time since I've had a, a nice cup of soup like this and good conversation. Thank you. Joe said, no problem, no problem. And so uh, he settled the man in for the night. He said, don't worry, I'll, I'll be back early in the morning. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, it's uh, Saturday night, and so tomorrow morning the church people will be here. It'll be pretty early, early day. But don't worry, I'll be back. And so through the, through the night, the man slept the best night of sleep he's had in a long time. And Sunday morning came, and Joe woke him and had some donuts for him, had, a, uh, had another cup of coffee, let him shower, and, and had some change of clothes that he had brought from his house. He invited him to stay at the church service. The man did. He sat next to Joe, and Joe said, uh, I'm really glad that you're here. And he meant it. You know, he just meant it from his heart. The man could tell. Well, as the pastor went on and uh, preached his sermon, the man couldn't remember exactly what it was all about, but ultimately he invited anyone in the chapel that wanted to change their life to come forward. And the man came forward. And it was almost as if a dam broke in his heart and he was just flooded with emotions and he started crying and crying 